I'm Carol Hills, filling in for Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH in Boston. Working with U.S. troops in a war zone is dangerous. Many Afghans and Iraqis know that firsthand. Their work with American troops has made them and their families the targets of insurgent violence. In return, though, they're allowed to apply to come to the safety of the U.S. But actually getting here isn't a sure thing. From the public radio collaboration Fronteras, Jill Replogel reports on one vet's quest to bring his Iraqi interpreter's family to America. I'm sitting in a San Diego cafe with former U.S. Army Captain Blake Hall. In just an hour, we'll head to the airport to greet the parents and siblings of a young Iraqi interpreter called Roy. For security reasons, that's not his real name. Hall tells me it's just settling in that this day is finally here. They're out of Iraq. They're out of harm's way. And honestly, I just feel so much relief about that, that now, you know, I'm just looking forward to meeting them in person and to spending the next two days with them. Roy was Hall's interpreter in Iraq during nine months of firefights, raids on enemy compounds, and long, boring nights on watch. They became pretty tight. Hall admired Roy's sense of humor and his bravery. Not allowed to carry a weapon in combat, and still, you know, with bullets flying overhead, faithfully doing his job right by my side, I don't think I'm that brave. I know I'm not that brave. When Hall's tour was over, the next step for Roy was to wrap up his final three months of interpreting for soldiers and then become eligible for a special U.S. visa offered to Iraqis who worked with the troops. Hall was working on Roy's visa paperwork when he got an email. A bomb had killed Roy, along with six American soldiers. I felt like I'd just been punched in the stomach. For more than a year after that, Hall was numb, processing his combat experience. And one thing kept nagging him, his promise to bring Roy to the U.S., to safety. Hall knew that insurgents targeted Iraqis who collaborated with the U.S. And ultimately I decided I needed to find his mom just to tell her how important he was to us and how special he was um, to really in some ways to ask her for her forgiveness. I I still felt very guilty about leaving him behind. He's the only member of my platoon I I didn't bring back. Hall finally tracked down Roy's mom and called her in Baghdad. She didn't hate him, as he'd feared. But she and her family were in danger. Roy's work as a military interpreter smeared his relatives in the eyes of insurgents. They were all targets. Hall vowed to get them out of Iraq. He worked with pro bono lawyers and the nonprofit Iraqi Refugee Assistance Project. He called legislators and wrote op-eds. He raised money for Roy's family. Under U.S. policy, Iraqis who worked for the American government are supposed to get expedited visa processing to come to the U.S. It's a policy that extends to those workers' families, too, who arrive as refugees. But lengthy security checks and a lack of personnel to process applications make long waits the norm. Now, nearly two years after Roy's family applied for refugee status, we're in the car getting ready to head to the San Diego airport. Hall is disgusted that the United States doesn't take better care of its allies. And every one of them that's hunted down, every one of them that has to live in danger or has their quality of life diminished because they served with Americans, it's a tarnish to our national honor. At the San Diego airport, we wait for Roy's parents, his 11-year-old sister and 22-year-old brother. Also waiting for them, immediate family members who moved to San Diego from Iraq years ago. One of Roy's cousins also served as a military interpreter in Iraq. He's flown in from El Paso, Texas, to greet them, too. Yeah. Yeah, they came in. Airport construction drowns out the family's arrival. Hugs and kisses are passed around. 
The family looks exhausted. They've been traveling for nearly 40 hours. No more boxes? Bags loaded into a van. We caravan back to the apartment where Roy's family will crash until they can get their own place. The women bring out plates of food, rice croquettes stuffed with ground beef and almonds, and a kind of Iraqi pizza. They order us to feast. Talk turns to politics in Iraq and how unstable the country is. As it is for most refugees, finally arriving in a new country is a mixed bag. Happy and sad. Really, I'm happy and sad. This is Roy's mother, who will remain anonymous. Other members of Roy's family are still in Iraq. I'm happy to future of my children, but I'm sad to future of my country. It's bad, really bad. In the next few weeks, a local refugee resettlement agency will help the family get oriented and find an apartment. Roy's sister will enroll in school. His father will get help finding work. For now, Roy's family is relieved, and they credit Hall for that. Here's Roy's mother again. I uh, see Blake, my angel. Really, really, I see him. The angel, the, the God sent him to me. Really, really, Blake. He's like Roy. Because he loved Roy, I see Roy in him. Roy's father says he dreamt of his son twice during the long flights over to the U.S. His nephew translates. And they're saying, like, Roy, most likely he's uh, happy. He's looking from upstairs, like, looking at his family now gathering with Blake. And The family's first night in the U.S. wears on. In the morning, they'll start the rest of their lives. For The World, I'm Jill Replogle in San Diego. With that, they're going to close the island.